When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to build a thriving business while making a much bigger impact in the world? By becoming known as an influential voice in your industry? The choice versus just a choice with your ideal client? That's exactly what you're going to learn as I interview business experts, industry thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are in the trenches making their mark so you can too. This is the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Now, you need to stick around because today's show is going to be amazing, especially if you have been pitching yourself to podcasts to share your expertise, but you are not getting the results. You're not getting on the podcasts that you would like to. You know that you've got valuable information to share, and it's going to be a great way for you to build your visibility and generate leads for your business. And you're wondering what you're doing wrong. Well, Melanie Benson joins me today. Today, and she's going to share some of the things that she's learned over the last number of years. Now, who is Melanie? I'm sure you've heard of her, but if not, she is the profit amplifier and possibility igniter for expertpreneurs. And she shows you how to stand out in a crowded marketplace, attract high paying clients and opportunities. Now, since 2000, Melanie has a proven track record of accelerating results for her clients. And it's not uncommon to see three to five times revenue increase in the first six months. She's the host of the top 1.5% podcast, Amplify Your Success. She's also the co-host of Next Level Influence. She's the author of Rewired for Wealth and Entrepreneurs.com Startup Guide to Starting an Information Marketing Business. She's been featured on Bloomberg, Business Week, Women's Day and Parenting. She's also the founding executive team member of Women Speakers Association. What's Melanie going to share more about on today's show. Well, she's going to share why being a guest expert on podcasts is a good way to attract clients. She's also going to share some of the top mistakes that she sees many guest experts make and why the talented experts, some of them experience crickets. How do we deal with that problem? She's also going to talk about turning a podcast episode that you guested on into a 24-7 client attraction machine. And if we've got time, let's hope we do. I'm sure we will. She's also going to share how we can get featured on top-rated shows. So, welcome, Melanie. Hello. Thanks for having me. I uh, I feel like every time we have a chat, like sparks ignite, uh, all kinds of wisdom bombs get dropped. It's it's going to be a good time. It's exciting, isn't it? And what I love about what you're doing today is you're sharing knowledge of what you've learned in the trenches yourself. Uh, I know often as, um, you know, business owners, we love trying new things. Some things work really well, others not so much, but through the trial and error and what we also see other coaches and consultant service-based experts make, we're able to then uh, share the knowledge that we've learned. And that's exactly what you're going to do today. Now, we know that over the the last, you know, 10, 15 plus years, the 
podcasting space has continued to grow, which is exciting. Not only are more people podcasting, so we've got access to great content. Um, there's opportunities to get out in front of our ideal client, which I think is still very much an untapped um, resource for many guest experts. But one of the things that you're saying is you're seeing many of them realise that, hey, this is a great opportunity to build our reach, provide value to the audience, but we're just not getting featured on these top shows. For those people who are still on the fence, Melanie, and thinking, well, why should I go and do this strategy as a lead generation tool to attract clients? What are some of the things that you're seeing when it's done well? Yeah, well, thank you for adding the when it's done well part, because I think that is the piece that's kind of the the game changer, if you will. You know, um, somebody said the other day, well, Melanie, like podcasts aren't, um, there's not as many podcasts as there were during the pandemic. Why should I do this? Or I've heard people who are, are very great marketers, they're great speakers say, I don't know, is it really worth my time and energy? And I say, well, look, um, YouTube's been around a long time and there are uh, about 10 times as many YouTube channels as there are podcasts and nobody's slowing down on YouTube. So I think what's happening in the podcast market, we're just seeing like the tip of the iceberg. And as you were saying, Emery, this is a time to tap into something that's growing and lay a foundation that will keep paying off for a long time. So why do I think podcasts create this unique visibility opportunity for so many of us? Well, uh, as we're airing this, I think we're somewhere around maybe a million, million, two podcasts that are active. It did go down uh, from the pandemic surge, which, you know, makes perfect sense because everybody had nothing to do. So they're creating podcasts. But the the good news is the ones that are still here are the ones that are committed and serious and thriving. Like these are the podcasts that are growing. And so if you think about the number of podcasts that are interviewing guests like Anne-Marie's here and mine, Amplify Your Success, we need a constant source of really great uh, content. So podcast hosts and show hosts, uh, depending on if they're doing live stream version or a pre-recorded version that airs on a podcast platform, they are in constant need of an expert to be interviewed to continue to bring that uh, powerful like conversation that their listeners count on. Now, here's the other thing that I think, Amory, makes podcasting so powerful. And I know you know this because you've been probably podcasting even longer than I have. And that is that like many times we get excited about speaking at a, on a stage. We get excited about uh, being interviewed maybe as part of a summit of some kind or an ex a featured expert series. And those are all great opportunities. But the thing is, like your visibility ends the moment the event is over. You may have had made that lasting impression on the people that were in the room, but the the um, access to you is over. Like no one can really tune in unless they buy an all access pass. But what happens with podcasts is your episode stays in people's queue and can be accessed 24-7 for as long as that podcast is airing uh, on the planet, right? And yes. so we might not realize that people actually go back and start from the beginning. People go back and listen to several episodes. They hear something that catches fire for them and they're like, what else does this host have? And mm -hmm. so um, just a real quick story. I learned this many, many years ago in the very beginning when podcasting was first starting to surge, 
I was fortunate enough to be interviewed by John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, just a really small podcast, you know, nobody knows about him, (laughs) or at least nobody really was, he was new when I came into the scene. And I was getting leads from that episode seven and 10 years later. Yeah. It's amazing, oh. isn't it? And it does. It has an everlasting uh, lifespan. And people do tend to um, binge listen, if you will, to, especially to the podcast hosts that they stumble across. Yeah. And because they like that host, they go back and, and, and of course, listen to, to many shows. And what I like about what you've said is that it is this 24-7, um, and I'm getting a bit of a, an itch in my throat, so excuse me. Let's talk about some of the top mistakes that you see. Yeah. Well, I'll fill in for you while you uh, itch that scratch in your throat. Uh, just the one thing I'll say about that 24-7 factor, think about how people listen to podcasts. They're driving their kids to school. They're on a long plane ride. They've downloaded some episodes. They're walking their dog. They're at the gym, right? And so podcasts, the other thing I like about podcasts is like you can listen to a podcast anywhere at any time. And so that's part of that 24-7 piece. And um, it's really evergreen uh, access to you and what is you do. So I, I've been interviewing people for 16 years. Uh, when podcasting came into being, I shifted all of my interview styles to doing podcasts and live shows. And I have noticed there are some distinct attributes of the people who I know, oh my gosh, they're going to actually get some clients out of this. This is going to be great. They're going to land some more speaking gigs. This is awesome. And the people who end up saying, Melanie, I'm just getting crickets. Like, what is the magic formula? Because I don't know how it's working for you or the other people they've heard about, and it's not working for me. Even if they are seasoned pros, fabulous marketers, and speaking on stages all over the world, that doesn't give you a really great uh, podcast interview. And you know, Amory, like I, I've actually counted 17 pretty common mistakes that people make, but I, I can't get through all 17 of them in the time we have. <laughs> I don't want to bore the audience, right? But um, there are three that I see people doing all the time. And one of them is they wing it. Okay. So winging it is really like, it's almost like entrepreneurs think it's their superpower because <laughs> they're creative, they're busy, they yeah. got a lot going on. But when it comes to really landing a really high profile show and or a show in your niche, something you're really coveting, and also bringing your best foot forward, your best showcase to the platform, winging it basically means that you haven't planned for and you're probably going to tell a bunch of rambly stories that don't really bring the point home. And you're not going to construct what I call a golden thread, which causes people to like listen to the show in the first place because you've got this really magnetic topic and you have talking points that really bring home what it is that you teach and why you are such an authority or why you are a trusted advisor that they want more from and ultimately why they want to take a next step with you, whether that next step is booking you on their show, maybe that's your goal, or you are uh, really hoping to attract some great leads and clients out of the interviews that you're being showcased on. And so that I think really requires being intentional, Anne-Marie. And I know you see this all the time, like people show up and you're like, what, 
are they talking about? This has nothing to do with the episode they pitched me, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and talking about winging it as well, I I think um, we people don't recognize that or realize that podcast hosts do tend to listen to other podcasts. So if they hear a particular guest speaking and all of a sudden you get a pitch from that same guest and you think, well, that's not going to fit. I would imagine too, you said a really catchy title. So even approaching podcast hosts and sharing some of the things that you can share that is of value. Speak a little bit about what you see. A lot of it is is on the, the podcast guest, obviously, and their expertise, but too much focus on me, 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 and not focus on what value, what expertise, what insights, what's your audience going to walk away with. There's a fine balance to that, isn't there? Well, this leads me to mistake number two, and that is not having a magnetic topic. Mm. Um, This is part of a really cohesive strategy that I teach around messaging and how to leverage your messaging across multiple platforms and marketing assets and things like that. But I think when it comes to your topic and getting on a show, we need to do some research. We need to really, first of all, understand that this show is the media. Like this is a form of media and what you put onto that show, like how you pitch that host has, it's like how you craft your pitch and how you design the topic and you uh, research what is happening on that show platform can have a huge impact on whether you get picked or not. And what I find, let me just talk about what not to do for a minute. Uh, I'm getting 20 pitches a day sometimes to be on our show. And as much as I feel like that is a high class problem to have, I'm very honored that people want to be on the show. Like we can't get through all of them. And um, I think an important piece of that puzzle is really looking at what is the topic that is relevant to that audience, to that host, to that niche, to that um, community of people, because really podcasters are developing a culture and a community that's very unique to them. And so a little bit of research can go a long way, like pay attention to what kinds of things are they talking about? Do you have an area of expertise that this host maybe hasn't talked about and some of the other subjects have created the problem that you saw, right? Like we're talking about marketing and do more videos and do more of this stuff. And maybe you're really good at creating those kind of videos, then Think about how you could craft a really compelling topic that that show host can go, oh my gosh, we've been talking about, you need to be visible on video, but nobody's talked about how to create these videos, right? So I think the topic goes a long way. Relevance sells, Mm. you know, relevance, relevance pops. It makes you irresistible. And if you want to get booked, you need to really do your due diligence to understand not just how to be relevant with your topic, but uh, and we may talk about this more later, Amory, but how do you pitch the podcaster that you want to be on in a way that has the best chances of being received well, read, and then booked? Yeah. Something that you said uh, on that, and I'd love um, to to add to something that I see and, and have experienced, and I'm sure you have too, uh, really tailoring it and showing uh, the person, or even if it's someone who is um, like a guest you know, coordinator who may screen things before they send it on, like, you know, often a a list of potential to the podcast host. Be mindful of what you send. Sometimes people, I can tell that they've sent like a blah 
past because the dear Anne-Marie, the Anne-Marie's in a different font and, yeah. some, you know, those kind of things. That's what you're talking about too, isn't it? Not just listening yeah. to the show and pitching a particular episode, but everything you do because it's all relationship building, isn't it? Can you speak a little yeah. bit more about maybe your experience and what you've seen? Yeah, I think, you know, if you really look at what gets people booked on shows and we pull back the curtains, a lot of it is in the connections and the relationships. And it's not from the pitches. So that might feel a little daunting. And I don't want people to feel like it's hopeless because it's not. But there are ways to create more of a relational approach to being to to putting your topic out there and getting pitched some things not to do. Don't slide into your to our DMs on LinkedIn the minute we friend each other and say, hey, can I be on your show? <laughs> you know, that's not relational and it doesn't really work very often unless somebody's desperate for content. Uh, I would also say that something about the, the pitching process that I think really stands out is you understand what the show's about. So uh, I get probably 30 to 35% of my pitches are so off topic. I'm like, do you know what we do here? And I think some of that has to do with their people who are, are pitching for you and they're just trying to fill their quota and they're just trying to get you on any show that will say yes. But this actually leads me to the third mistake, Amory, that I just want to highlight for a minute. And that is thinking every show is the show that you should hi be highlighted on. And let's just, let's just be super frank here. If you are an expert, if you're a business owner, if you um, are selling your talent for a living, your time is one of the most premium assets you have. Mm -hmm. And if you are wasting it, investing your time, your energy, and your money, ex being exposed to an audience that is not your audience, it's not fruitful. The leads you're going to attract are not going to be buyers. And I think there's a misnomer that all exposure is good exposure. Well, at a certain degree, if you could be on Oprah, yes, go for it. Like, I want you to get on that stage, right? That is great exposure because the name association with Oprah is going to carry a lot of weight for you. But there's not very many shows, maybe like a Lewis Howes or some of the top 10 shows could potentially be really advantageous to be on. But other than that, like, you really need to pick your audiences wisely. Uh, I had a client one time, she'd hired a booking agency. And they, I mean, they're a great booking agency. But um, she was getting all these leads that weren't buying. And she's like, Melanie, something's broken. My offer's wrong. People aren't buying. What am I doing wrong? And I started to audit her process. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Diane, it's not your offer. Your offer's solid. It's not your sales process. That's solid. Because we'd worked on all of that. It was the leads that were coming in. She was being pitched and put on podcasts that did not have her idle clients in the audience. Yeah. And she didn't, there's a little trick that you do where you can use your messaging to repel people to just aren't ready for what you do. Mm. So being in front of the wrong audiences isn't going to be the best place for you, especially if you're more advanced in your work and you're really looking for the right clients and you have a pretty unique niche or you have a very specific type of client you want, you want to be in front of audiences where those people are. 
Yeah, so, so true. I remember um, hearing a speaker, and you can use a similar analogy to podcasts as well, um, who was booked in and she didn't do her research on the audience. So the stories, the examples that she shared didn't relate, didn't resonate to the audience and, in fact, offended some of them. And similar to what you're just saying, some of the stories and obviously expertise that you share is just not going to land well because the your ideal client is most likely not in that audience. So it's better off to have a no and to pitch the right kind of audience, the right kind of podcast in the first place. So um, you're doing yourself a favour and obviously the host as well um, because their audience is going to think, what on earth is this topic uh, doing in this show? So that's amazing. So, I mean, as you said, I think you said there were 17 mistakes that you had. These were the top three. And I would imagine from those top three, once you get those in place, you're more likely then as you're positioning yourself and building those relationships and having really great content that you're sharing, you're going to start generating interest, aren't you, from podcast Mm -hmm. hosts? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a science or an art, or maybe it's an art and a science, right? There's a mastery to it. And it starts with really understanding what's relevant to your audience. But I like to call it like building a golden thread. And the thread starts with the topic, but then what you talk about really matters. And, um, you know, I work with a lot of really talented people who want more exposure, to want to attract clients from podcasts and shows, and they're, they're speaking and, and being interviewed. And so I'm always like, okay, so how are you going to share why you are a valuable asset and do it in a way that is in short sound bites? Because mm-hmm. Amory, like we can't tell, like we don't have two hours, right? We don't even usually have an hour. Usually we have 20 minutes or 30 minutes and we have to learn to craft really powerful conversation sound bites so that we're packing a punch as we go. So can you talk about some problems that people could go, oh my gosh, these are the problems I'm having. And it causes them to lean in and have a little more intrigue and they're a little more invested and in wanting to know what happens next. Can you share in some kind of formula or some kind of a memorable uh, teaching element, something that is, is really going to help people immediately. They can put this into action right away. And here's the, the key without giving everything away so that people don't feel like they need more from you. And I, and this is one of the kind of like a secret, not a secret. It's like a speaking truth or pillar of good speaking is, especially if you're going to invite people to take a next step with you, like you don't have to teach them everything. Teach them something that has meaning and value and that they can get some results with so that they recognize your value. But then, you know, like don't, like try to give them everything in the 20 minutes because people can't retain that. It's too much. It's going to overwhelm them and they can't implement it that quickly. Mm, so, so true. Um, there was a comment here and I'll, I will mention this because this is, I think it really um, fits into what you're talking about is to do the research on the podcast and see what kind of culture that podcast is uh, sharing. So these are good, but you should have mass debates. So when we're talking about mass debates, I'll imagine um, the, um, you know, the information that is sh- sh- shared on that. There are different podcasts that some have debates, some have discussions, some have guest experts. Mm -hmm. and you've got to find out what is 
the, that type of podcast so that you can then put yourself to, to one that um, is going to provide real value, isn't it? And not the, the discussions and the debates and things like that. Um, and I love that Stacey is here. She's been um, sharing all of these wonderful things as well. And I was reading those through there. Thank you, Stacey, for sharing that. So just, just talk about that, whether it is um, a debating uh, podcast or whether it is an expert podcast. And I think that's really what you're talking about today, isn't it, Melanie, that information that is shared is really someone is looking for expert commentary, information, things, what have you learned along the way, and not necessarily necessarily debates about whether or not something will work. What do you think about that? Yeah. And let's go back to not every show is your show. Um, I, I, there are so many flavors of podcast hosts, so many flavors of interview styles. Uh, there's true crime, there's, real, you know, like relationship uh, coaching, there's uh, people who just get on and like have like a radio style debate, as was mentioned and I think you really need to do the research before you pitch yourself to be on a show and make sure you want to be on that show. Like I will, I will admit everything I teach, everything that I do is through the school of hard knocks. I did it wrong. <laughs> I did. I made colossal mistakes. I, I was um, kind of writing my own authority for a while. I am not too humble to say. And uh, I, I got put on some shows where I'm like, oh, crap, I don't think this is the right show for me. And I kind of had to kind of dance my way through it. But I, I was on a show that was very contentious one time. And I was like, yeah, this is not my kind of show. And so I think you have to know where do you want to be and let's just get to a fourth mistake, <laughs> Henry. Uh, what is your outcome? What do you want to have happen from being a guest on on other people's shows? So there's a lot of different reasons people go guesting on podcasts. I'm talking about the building a path where you would invite more leads and more clients into working with you. I think it's one of the most powerful lead generators. And it's a great way to replicate being out there traveling across the world on stages without having to leave your house and be on airplanes all the time. But there's also... You want to open the door to collaborations with somebody who you want to build a relationship with. Like there are other podcast hosts that could be your best collaboration partner. And this may not necessarily be just about the leads you get from a, a podcast interview, but like, let's just say that's maybe the smallest piece of the pie that's available to you. There might be a whole pie of leads and collaborations and sales that could be made if you were to find some synergy with the podcast host. Sometimes yeah. you're going to get other speaking opportunities, right? Like, what do you want to have happen? Do you want to sell books? Another great reason to be on shows, but that's a different outcome. And you're going to pick different shows depending on what outcomes you want to have happen. Yeah, so true. And I love that you've reminded us because that's something that I will often remind uh, people of as well. It's the relationships that you build. You just don't know who that podcast host is connected to. And and think about this, the long game really, isn't it? Um, yes, you may generate interest and leads from, from a particular episode, but it keeps on giving. And who knows, down the track, if you've provided real value to that uh, host's uh, audience, you just don't know. They may reach out to you or vice 
vice versa and a collaboration which takes it even further is uh, is something that often will happen too just as a, a process of, of that. Now, I know that you've said you, you, there's limited time today. So if people, you're going to share how people can get in contact with you if they want to find out more about what are the other mistakes that I want to avoid. But I do want to give you some time to talk about turning a podcast episode that you've guested on into a 24-7 client attraction machine. Why I love this point is there is so much untapped incredible content that can be taken from just one episode that could last for months and so many people who guests on podcasts and I've done this myself don't repurpose don't share uh, the content and what better way to share that you've been featured on someone else's podcast you know, media uh, than being able to do that. So this is untapped as well. So what are some things that people can consider? Mm. So do you, do you want me to share the resource or this first? Oh, sorry. I just wanted... well, yeah, I was just going to say, before we move on to the next one, you will be sharing how people can yes. get in hold yes. of you. Okay, so we're not leaving okay. them in the back. We'll, we'll, share how we'll tease you a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'll share. So you know, I love that you brought this up, this untapped uh, potential. And and there's an expectation that being on a show is going to do all the heavy lifting. And I think that it is one pillar of like three to five pillars of how we can tap into more opportunity, more exposure, more opportunity by showcasing these guest uh, spots that we, we get aired on. Uh, I am a huge fan of doing a solid for the host and sharing it as much as possible because look, that's our payment to the host. They're wanting to attract more listeners. They're wanting to grow their, their audience and we're not being charged usually to be on someone's show. And so that, that sharing is a way we say thank you. And we, we give back to the host. That being said, I think that sharing it is also uh, especially sharing it in your social communities, your different platforms, maybe into your email community, you are borrowing influence from that host and they are going to extract things from you and, and highlight things that maybe you don't normally talk about in your own communities. And that spotlight may be the very thing that a dormant lead needs to hear to get out of that dormant uh, state and raise their hand and go, um, hey, Amory, can I actually work with you today? Or uh, Melanie, uh, I love what you were talking about. Can we work together on that? So part of the leads, part of the, the um, I think the goal that's available to us from the exposure on a podcast is what we do with it inside our community. So absolutely share it across all your platforms. If you're really lucky and you have some video assets, short video is just slamming social media these days. So turn your short video or sorry, turn your podcast into some kind of short video asset that you can share on reels or YouTube shorts or TikTok or wherever you are active. And um, don't just share it once, but drop it into some kind of evergreen sharing strategy. You would not believe how many times the 20th time I've shared a episode that I was interviewed in, somebody goes, I love that topic, Melanie. Can you come on my podcast and talk about it? Or uh, the person who's been following you and you've never heard from on Twitter or Facebook says, oh my gosh, I didn't know that that's something that you did. Is Can I book a consultation with you? Yeah. So that repeated so exposure helps. 
Yes. And one of the things that so many businesses struggle with, isn't it, Melanie, is coming up with great content. You know, 20 minute show to 30 minute show has those sound bites. And as you said, the um, reels and shorts, those, sh- you know, short, sharp, concise, informative uh, sound bites or video bites um, can really add incredible value. And it, yeah. and sometimes people need to see things and hear things over and over, or they may have stumbled across it for the very first time. So uh, it's great to be able to do that. And of course, as you said, you borrow someone else as influence and also if if the hosts see you do that it's just another way that you're building relationships and at the same time you've got great content that you don't have to uh to come up with each and every uh week so that that's wonderful are there some things that you see i mean you talk talked about reels and shorts i would say that that's still untapped platforms that and and obviously if people are still on TikTok but that's that's a whole other story at the moment with that platform but Reels and (laughs) and Shorts is a great platform well two great platforms to really continue to you know 24-7 your uh, podcast guesting. Yeah you could also do um, like quotes you know and again like sometimes the host doesn't build out all these assets for you it might take a couple minutes to go through and like you can run it through some kind of a video transcriber and pull out your quotes you can like i know a lot of people it's something we start doing for the members of my guest expert system because people are like oh i don't want to mess up my beautiful instagram grid right? It's like, I have a brand look on Instagram. And how can I share the episode? Because I tell every one of my graduates, if you want to be a great guest, share the episode, share it, share it, share it. So what we did is we actually designed brand uh, aligned templates for them. So they can put their, uh, their show, like whatever the graphic art or whatever, you know, like the, the cover that's on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever they listen, but they can drop it inside a brand friendly template. So they're not messing up their look, but they're still doing the the job of sharing it and really leveraging that, that great spotlight. So I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but you just have to figure out like, what do you need to be a great guest? And you were just talking about something and I can't remember exactly what you said, but I just want to say, oh, the relationship. Mm. You know, I feel so fortunate and so grateful that I have been invited back to many of the podcasts that do repeat guests seven, 10 times. And that's because I care about being a good guest and I want to bring great content and I want to add value and I want to develop a relationship and, you know, have a beautiful relationship with the people that host podcasts that I care about, right? And so, you know, sharing over and over and over again is one of the ways to stay front of mind with that host and go, oh, you know, it's seven years later, but I just still shared the episode again, right? So don't be afraid to share the, the episodes for a long time. Yeah, so, so true, so true. And uh, I know that we've um, gone way over the time, but uh, it's been so valuable. What would be some of the closing tips? I know you've already shared uh, a a number of things, the strategies that you've shared is certainly going to help you position yourself Mm -hmm. to get on top rated shows. But as we close and before you share your resource, are there any last words that you'd want to share about what do we need to be mindful of when we are positioning ourselves for some of those top rated shows? Well, I think there's a couple things. One, you know, we've been talking about sharing the episodes you're featured on, 
Well, if a host is vetting you and they don't see you sharing any of the places you've already been featured, they're going to either assume, A, you've never done a show, which isn't really doing you any favors because they want experts. They want people that can really hold space on the, on the, in the conversation. Or two, that you don't share your episode. And for some people, that will get you not booked. Like we vet every person we're considering for the show and we're looking at what kind of reach will they bring to the show. And it's not going to be a complete no, but it's definitely one of the factors we consider if they don't share the episode. We're like, okay, well, how are you contributing to the co-created episode we're doing here? So I think, think about how do you showcase that you're a trusted advisor, that you have value, that this host really wants to showcase will be a valuable asset. Do your part and show the host all the ways in which you're going to add value. Give them a review. Um, You know, make sure you have all your assets easily shareable. Uh, Be a great sharer on your social platforms, but also showcase consistency of your message. Share it in different ways across your platforms. Have quotes, have tips, have your own videos. Be uh, consistently visible with the magnetic message that you want to be known for. And that elevates your authority in the minds and the eyes of people who are booking talent for their stages and shows. It's one of the little secrets. Yeah. What I love about what you've just shared too, Melanie, is one of the things that I have found over the years, uh, especially if I uh, invite a guest to come on the show that has reached out to me personally versus um, a a guest who has been booked through, uh, you know, a podcast PR agency is to be mindful because I know that many guests have paid the PR you know, um, agency. But having said that, you're still on the show for free. The guest is st- the guest is still being invited and introduced to an audience that the host has through many years often developed that relationship and there's real value in that. So just because you may have paid your PR agent, don't neglect to build the relationship and do everything that you've just said, Melanie, because that is going to go a long, long way. Don't expect that host to do all of the things for you because you've paid to be there. Because And I get sometimes sense that. Do you sense that too? sometimes that people don't. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'll be completely transparent. We we rarely take people that are being pitched by an agency. I don't find they have the mindset to be the guest that we're looking for on my show. That doesn't mean they won't be a great guest for someone else. Um, we're not looking for celebrities and, you know, authors and people who just want to be on another episode to sell more books. We're looking for people who really want to be on my show, who want that exposure, who want to like co-create something massively valuable, not just for my audience, but for their audience as well. And so, um, yeah, I don't really take a lot of pitches. And um, to be quite honest, sometimes I offer them a sponsored episode, which is they are also investing to be on my show Mm -hmm. because I'm the one that's doing all the work (laughs) to produce it, or my team is, but to produce it and get it out there. And so I think we're, we're starting to see that 
there's a little bit of a tipping of the the balance from, hey, there's all this free exposure to it might be worth it to invest, mm-hmm. at least in a in in like being on the right platforms and investing the right time in picking those platforms so that we're getting exposure that has value for everybody, not just the guest. Yeah, so, so true. All right, Melanie, we have promised to share or if we get you to share how people can get access to that resource and get in contact with you. So I'd love you to share that before we uh, finish the show. Thank you. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I've studied what works, what are the things that people do well that I can pretty much guarantee they're going to get leads and clients. And then where do people leave a lot on the table and maybe not even realize they're making really unconscious mistakes? And I found these 17. If you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash, forward slash, say that right, ambitious podcast. You can download, it's a scorecard. And so what I do is I take you through what all 17 mistakes are and give you a chance to really kind of rank yourself. And I've had people tell me that this was very illuminating. People who are seasoned hosts say that that scorecard changed everything for me. And I went from getting crickets to actually getting leads and clients. And um, I'll sh- share you a couple tips later if you stay tuned in, because I want to really help you not just be a good guest. I want you to be an in-demand guest. I want you to be getting those invitations to the best shows and podcasts so you can share your message, make a greater impact and boost the income along the way. Yeah. Fantastic. Melanie, do you want to share that URL one more time? Sure. MelanieBenson.com forward slash ambitious podcast. Fantastic. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. Always love to connect with you. There's so much um, value that uh, you've learned over the years and um, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be able to share that with uh, us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me back, Emery. And uh, I treasure you as a, a leader in this space and I appreciate all that you're doing to help people up-level their experience with podcasts. Terrific. Thanks once again. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why? I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.